following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. Okay, so, the, so it happens to be this week's parsha. Now the Torah portion that we read is mentions a healing, and it's a such a, it's a very basic, basic verse um, that almost touches on every single topic um, relevant to um, the Jewish perspective on medicine, as we'll see. It's a very important uh, pasuk to discuss. We did it uh, 18 years ago, but we'll go, we're going to go in a little deeper. Remember? I think. Yeah, but you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to do it again, but but a little little deeper and, and more in depth. So, so the uh, this week's parasha, as you know, is the climax of the Exodus. Um, after many parashiot of discussing the, the Jews in Egypt, finally we make it out. Um, not everyone's happy about it, of course. Many Jews stayed on, um, stayed in Egypt. But um, after the splitting of the sea, after Kriyat Yamsuf, and the splitting of the sea, so there's Az Yashir, and then immediately, there's the, not the first time, but maybe the second, but one of many times where the Jews start complaining. Um, after everything Hashem has done for them, they, they're not, still not happy, as Jews tend to be. And um, so they start complaining, they come to a place and there's no water. The waters at that place where they're resting, this is immediately after the splitting of the sea, are very bitter. And the Torah calls that place Mara, for bitterness. Um, I don't know the question is obviously was named, seems like it was named after the story, but at the end, so Hashem performs a miracle, the water becomes sweet, they drink, and they're happy for another couple of minutes, until the next time they're not happy. So, so what happens is, um, at the end of that um, story, the Torah says like this, and this is the top passage here, this is chapter 15, uh, verse 26, it says, And Hashem said, If you listen to my ways, to, to the voice of Hashem, and you do what's proper in His eyes, and again, you hearken to His commandments, and you observe all his chukim, which is his statutes, decrees, which usually means, as Rashi is going to point out, Whoa. the ones that have no ra- rhyme or reason. So you know there's different type of mitzvot in the Torah. There's ones that make some rational sense. There's ones that make uh, no okay. rational sense. Um, so so we're going, the here refers to both mitzvotav, which is the rational ones, or what we like to perceive as rational, and the chukav, which is the totally irrational ones that have no rhyme or reason. So both of those, if you observe both, says Hashem, Kol HaMachala, every illness, Asher Samti B'Mitzrayim, that I placed upon the Egyptians, I placed upon the Egypt, literally, and the, the people of Egypt, Lo Asim Alecha, I will not place upon you. And then these are the famous last words, Hashem says, Ki Ani Hashem Rofech, because I am God, you healer. Okay? That's like the joke, you know, they say that uh, the guy comes to heaven, and uh, he's waiting online, a doctor very famous doctor, he heals a lot of people. He comes up to Shemaim after 120 days and uh, and they, they put him in the back of the line. It's a long line, they put him in the back. He says, well, you know, I'm a major surgeon, I saved thousands of people. You know, he said, how could you put me in the back of the line? He's arguing and they say, no, sorry, get to the back of the line. Then he sees this other doctor walking through and goes right to the front, goes right in through the gates. He says, who's that doctor? He says, that's God, he likes playing doctor sometimes. So, uh, so the point is that um, this is this is the source for that joke. It's not a joke. Hashem plays, says, "I'm the doctor." If there's any doctor around here, Ani Hashem Rofecha, I'm the doctor. So this is a very a very troubling statement for a number of reasons. It's troubling because I can't. It's ambiguous too. What? It's ambiguous. Ambiguous, troubling. There's a lot of issues here. So this is the first key issue to understand is. Um, what does it mean? I, I am uh, just simple interpretation. On the simple surface, as we know, there are religions and even some sects of Judaism that might say they. T- if you take this this pasuk on the surface, this might be telling you that Hashem is the healer. You have no right to go to a, to go to a doctor. If God is the doctor, so there's two parts to it. One is from the physician's perspective. That means there's a, as we know, philosophically. 
every religion has to grapple with this. If God says someone should get cancer, so what right do I have to change God's will? I mean, if I'm an oncologist, I'm saying God told this person, gave this person cancer, and now I'm going to go and change it, make it better. So it's going against, I'm changing God's will, so to speak. That's one major philosophical problem um, religions have to grapple with. Number two is Judaism, of course, normative Judaism doesn't believe that. We're very happy to go to doctors. Um, the, but there are, as we know, Seventh-day Adventists and others who are based on this Pusik. This is their source to say that you have no right to go to a doctor as a patient also. Because again, God is saying, I'm your doctor. So you have to have faith. Hashem will heal you. you go to Shul, you daven, and that's it. You're good to go. Okay, no insurance claims, no... Uh, Nothing, nothing to deal with, right? So, so that would be on the surface. And the question is, how do we interpret this? If it, that's not what it means, how do we get out of it? So, um, so first of all, the, even in Jewish, uh, even there are besides other religions, even in Judaism, the Karaites, who were known the Kareim, who were known to not to accept rabbinical law, and they translated the verses literally. That's what they believed. That Judaism's view, based on this pasuk, was that you can't go to doctors. Okay, you can't be healed. You have to heal faith-based healing. If that's the correct term here, I'm not sure. But uh, if they call Pastor Hagee Sunday morning, he takes you out of your wheelchair and you walk. That's yeah. it. And and then you donate a lot of money to the rabbi, and then you're good, right? So that so that's what it would that could be what it would seem like here. Um, the Karaites believe that, and the Ramban believe it or not. We're not going to get into it. Maybe next week we'll discuss it more in depth. This this aspect. But uh, Nachmanis himself, who was a doctor, also believed, in, ideally, in the ideal world, this is the proper way. That if someone is for on the right spiritual level, Hashem Rafah, that you, you trust in Hashem and you don't have to go to doctors. He says, we've not on that level, and therefore, Bidiyevad uh, means uh, since we're not on that level, so we have to go to doctors. But ideally, that's the, the Ramban, again, who was a physician himself, not Rambam, Nachmanis says that in a different place, using this verse, this pasuk, as a source for that view. But we're, we're going to leave that aside for now. So again, Norman Judaism is not, uh, is not to believe that um, from other psukim in the Torah, where, 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 um, where the pasuk says very clearly that we do use medicine to heal, our, to heal ourselves as Jews. So we don't believe like those... Seventh-day uh, Christian scientists and those other religions that say medicine is not. So we're gonna leave that aside. So, but what is the the other problematic part with this pasuk is, as we're gonna see, the Gemara addresses it, which is there seems to be a contradiction here, because the verse is saying, "I will not place any illness upon you." Right? Hashem says, "Any no, illness if, that." If. Okay, that's the answer. <coughs> take my punchline. Okay, so the verse is very clearly, "If I, I will not place any illness upon you," and then the second half says, "I am Hashem, your doctor." So if you're never going to get sick, what do you need a doctor? Right? You only need doctors if you get sick. Okay? That makes sense? So, no, so, what, yes, so what's the verse saying? It, it seems to be it contradicting can, itself it's, in itself. It can be a temporal thing. Well, I'm talking about vaccination. No vaccination. Yeah, it can be a temporal thing. So you don't believe in vaccination. vaccination. I'm saying there was no vaccination then. Yeah, he's right. Uh, so. Temporal, I mean, you know, preventive. Oh. So one thing, you're saying preventive, or you're saying... This is my healing thing. Yeah, he okay, you can so heal before the event. So you're saying, so that's a very important thing, so someone, we're going to see someone says that, I forgot who. So you're saying, it's talking about preventive medicine. About you, Preventive medicine, but, so then, if you, if you say that, there's a very important um, principle that you're saying here is that, first of all, in general, in the in the medical field, but also specifically the Torah's view would be saying that preventative medicine is called healing also, is considered medicine, right? So that's that's which is debatable. Meaning, do, is that called if I, uh, you know, uh, go to the gym every day? Is that called I'm practicing medicine because I'm preventing a future heart attack? Right? If I eat a good diet, that's not necessarily a practice of medicine. Preventative. Um, Future preventing future disease is not usually, it's not necessarily considered the practice of medicine. Can you call that the practice of medicine? Really? I'm asking. I don't know. It is. I'm just a rabbi. Of course, it's big. 
preventive medicine is very big. No, I understand, but is that is that really medical practice? I'm saying if I go to the gym every day, am I practicing medicine? I'm a rabbi. No, 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 no. Well, I mean, uh, if the doctor tells you to go to the gym every day and you go, that's it. Sure. Right, okay, so that's, that's my do, question. So according to what you're saying, is that means you see from here, the Torah is calling preventive medicine. If you can interpret the verse as you did. Fair so enough. you see that the Torah is calling preventive medicine. Rofech, that's called healing. No, that's what it is. So it's just a ma- major, it's very, has a major halachic ramifications also because, let's say, a question of, say, of, of violating Shabbat. Mm-hmm. Or, or uh, am I b- performing a mitzvah by going to the gym? That's On Shabbos? No, no, it's two questions. One is, you know, as we know, you're allowed to violate Shabbat to, to, uh, to save a life. To heal after it's healed. Okay, so, if I'm, so then maybe I can uh, violate Shabbat to go to the gym. Because it's preventative medicine, preventing a future heart attack. Yeah, That's number one. What? I like that idea. <laughs> okay. You can violate Yom Kippur if you need to eat. Oh, of course. Same. Yeah, but that's not prevent. Um, that's that's the person's already sick. I mean, yeah, I'm saying if he has diabetes, so you can eat yeah. Yom Kippur if he has, but or if he's feeling faint, but he's already sick at that point. So that's the treatment. So going that's not preventing. Man, you should tell patients to go pray to prevent themselves from getting sick. That's what you're saying. They should go. They just pray so they know how to observe all the. Boy. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I didn't say about the preventive. That's what it says here. Oh, okay. So, I mean, the verse seems to be saying if you do them as well. Tell people go pray. Don't no, no, not go pray. Not go pray. Right. Not go pray. Go pray, and then you won't get sick. No, no. Not go pray. Do good things. Do the mitzvot, and you won't get sick. Well, but you have to lower the mitzvot are. There well, that's le- that's learning Torah. That's not Avodah. That's um, Torah, not uh, Avodah. It's kind of a strange thing here. He talks about all the sicknesses that I have visited upon Egypt. You wonder, are the sicknesses they visited upon Egypt different than the sicknesses that other people get? Is this specific oh, yes, for Egyptian sicknesses, or is it for so we'll get to it. It's a very good point. Yes. <laughs> there actually are papers. Uh, the 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 Ibers, uh, the, There's actually. Um, uh, existing today, uh, Eber's um, uh, chronicles of, of the illnesses described of those times in Egypt. Yeah, but is he saying? I mean, you know, obviously, they didn't have the technology that we got today. They won't have the same thing, but but you can. But is the implication that the Egyptians got it because they don't observe God's commandments, and if you don't, then you will get the same illnesses that the Egyptians have. You don't have them yet, but if you of course. don't, the Egyptians are terrible people. Come on. Or is he just saying there are a whole bunch of diseases which Egyptians have you don't have yet, and if you don't do right. it, you'll get those diseases. Yes, yeah, so all. We'll get to all. Doesn't say all. And not all Egyptians are terrible. They, they, have, what? To, they have to mm-hmm. paint them. Is the diseases that I gave the Egyptians. Right. Yeah, but what are those diseases? Well, well that's why it's very interesting. They're using the word machalot and not like makot. So it's interesting, like, why aren't you, you would imagine they're, it's on their mind, like there are 10 plagues. And it's interesting that you would be thinking machalot, like all of a sudden, like, oh, it must have been all the 10 plagues. That I won't put on you. But actually, it's not makot, they're using machalot, so it's kind of like... Which clearly infers illness. Yeah, so it's a kind of almost out of context. Like, what are you even talking about? Because everyone has just seen ten magnificent things, supposedly, um, and now you're talking about their, their, like, diabetes? Like no, what? there's some of the makot. It is true. We said some like of the makot were like illnesses. Yeah, I'm saying there was yeah. boils. There was uh, blindness. You were blind. No, I'm just saying there were some of that that were illnesses specifically. Some of the makot were illnesses. I understand, right. but you would think it's just yeah, a right. weird. Oh, it's like a weird thing. It's almost like a different author. I know that's impossible. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, by the way, Manny is an expert on Egyptology. No. Yeah. He's I like to three believe books. so. He's written three books on e- on Egypt. He's uh, increased the number. Three books? Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> so he is an expert. We one. do have an expert on uh, Egyptology, Egypt, Egyptian history. Some of it. In this, in this particular era. I've read about it. Yeah. <laughs> but okay. it, it could even, is it not talking about those, forgetting the plagues, about the lifestyle illnesses that would come about if you didn't follow the commandments, all the sexually transmitted diseases or um, trichinosis from eating the wrong food. 
uh, I don't know if we, we believe, we, we, in traditional Judaism, we try not to believe that that's the reason for the commandments, but you're right, it is implying clearly, and there's a cause and effect here, that keeping the mitzvot will prevent you from getting this certain or those diseases. And by the way, it is a good valid point now that you're saying that e- Egypt was known for their immorality, sexual immorality specifically. Maybe I don't know. Uh, Absolutely, in the in the uh, in the uh, palace. Shop. Have an expert. Huh? Uh, not only in the palace, generally. No, but I mean it's recorded in the palace yes. more than yes. any other surrounding cultures. I am not an I, expert I would in surrounding cultures. Question that. Yes, they Except us, we were good guys. They all. No uh, b- 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 it was more. It was more incest. In Egypt than in any other surrounding culture? Every one of the dynasties when we were there, they were all marrying brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers. And, and Greece, they didn't do that with all the naked men Greece performing? Uh, that was a uh, different morality, but I'm, so, I'm saying the incest was... Uh, uh, was uh, um, it seems recorded. like incest was probably there for eternity. Okay, like that's that. nothing new. I'm, I'm just saying that... Uh, I don't know if the Greeks... Just addressing we started with Lot. I mean, is Lot not considered yeah, incest? That was a specific uh, a valued reason. It wasn't a general... No, I'm saying, <laughs> on the contrary, you see that it was despised in society at okay. that time. The fact that the Torah says, and they named their kids, and it was a whole issue. The fact that the Torah is stressing that is, means the rest of society wasn't done. They did it only in that particular case. And that's why... But anyway, so so we're getting off target. We're not today's topic is not incest. It's a good topic for future. Um, so this uh, for Louisiana. So the the point is like this. So so again, so there seems to be the beginning of the verse. The end needs to be reconciled in the sense of if there are no illnesses placed on the Jewish people, so then how's God your doctor? So again, a simple interpretation. Not so simple, but what you're saying is which would change in a certain sense, the whole view of Jewish medical ethics, which is that, which, you know, in, in many ramifications, practical ramifications, halachic ramifications, which is that preventive medicine is considered medicine, if, that, if that's what we're saying. If that's what this verse is saying, according to your interpretation, it's a beautiful interpretation, but it would, again, um, have many, many actual practical ramifications that we would consider, again, as far as, for example, would be, as we know, the pra- healing is a mitzvah. You know from other places that you, that a doctor who heals a patient is performing a mitzvah. So it means every time I go to the gym in, mor- in the morning, or every time I have my oatmeal for breakfast instead of my cheesecake, I'm performing a mitzvah, which is a beautiful thing. Because that's preventing... Uh, he- 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 oh, I am. Because I'm healing myself. No, I'm saying I'm doing an act of healing by, by eating my oatmeal. I'm lowering my cholesterol according to the box. According to the box, yeah, that's right. According the to the box. told you that your cholesterol needed to be lowered. Hmm? No, no, my doctor never told me that, and I still eat my own because uh, I, I, the advertisement told me. There is another potential implication with this, which is that if you do what God asks you to do, mm-hmm. then you won't get the illnesses, in which case God is your physician and heals you because keeps you from getting these illnesses. However, for the rest of us who don't closely adhere to all the mitzvot, you get these diseases and you're on your own because God's no longer, I said, hey, I heal you if you do what I tell you. If you don't, you're on your own. And then so, you need a doctor. And then you need a doctor, exactly. Right, so so that would be one way to look at it. But let's, let's look at, let's skip down to the Gemara, which says different than you're saying. Gemara has a different uh, explanation, I think. So look at three. We're going to skip Rashi for a second and go down to number three. So, um, Gemara there yeah, Just says, before you go, yeah. there's, it says all the illnesses of, uh, all the sicknesses, and it's the same over here, unless the Israelis want to tell me I'm wrong. Call Machala, Asher, Asita, Mesraim, Lois, Allah. All of them I will not do to you. That means that I will not do any of them to you, or I will not do all of them unto you, but maybe I'll do a few. <laughs> no. I'm a s- ambiguous. No, I In English, it's ambiguous. Yeah, like it or not. Like few. <laughs> Sorry, say that again? I might do a select few. No, he says, few. Very, I don't understand <laughs> how you're saying. He's saying very clearly, call Hamachla, every single illness that I placed on Egypt, I will not place on you. I don't know, he's very inclusive. Saying that, I don't know, where do you see it? All, all the sicknesses that are placed on Egypt, I will not place on you. I will all not them. place with you. Every single one. It doesn't one. say I will not place every on you any of the sicknesses I placed on them. It says I won't place all of them. Not saying I won't place some of them. You know, one time. 
<laughs> I'm just telling you, and call is call. I don't know what call is. Just the guy. Call is That's the way I read things. <laughs> okay, so so let's see number three. Right? Let's let's see. So they're all. Everyone had valid points. Let's let's read the Gemara. The Gemara says like this: the Gemara in Sanhedrin, in discussing. So you can get uh, Hashem off the hook. So it says like this: Amar, the bottom paragraph. Amar le Rabba le Rabba bar Mari. Rabba said to Rabba, the son of Mari. Ksiv, it says in the verse, Kala machalasha santimits, right? Every plague that I've um, placed on Egypt, lo asimalacha ki ani Hashem rafecha, because I am Hashem your healer. Um, this asks the Talmud, p'chimeacha shalosam, after he didn't place them, if he's not going to place any disease upon us, refuah So what do we need healing for? Now it says any, you see? Okay, that's our Yeah, topic. but he also dropped the that I gave to Egypt part. He dropped that here. He just went from any disease, disease I gave to Egypt no. to any disease. No, yeah. call, no, it's, no. He's quoting the verse. The verse is very clear. Call <coughs> and then we don't come ill in the right. first place. Just, That's uh, preventive. That's what you're talking in, in certain, in uh, shortened terms. But it says very, he's quoting the verse. First, the verse says very clearly the ones that are placed in Egypt. So Rafu Alama, Amalei, so Rabbi Mamari answered to Rabbi He said, This is how Rabbi interpreted the verse. This verse is it's obvious from the verse itself what it means. It says, It says very clearly, the verse is prefaced by the words, If you hearken to the mitzvot of Hashem. Okay? So if you listen to the mitzvot, Then I won't place these, these, these uh, illnesses upon you. But if you, if you don't listen to the mitzvot, Asim. Then you're going to get the, the these. Oh, elements. that's that's an extension. And if you end up getting them because you don't listen to the mitzvot, as most Jews, you know, no no one keeps all the mitzvot. So uh, so if you don't end up listening to Hashem and you get them, it's still an Hashem At the end of the day, I'm still <coughs> the one who's going to. There's still no need for doctors. I say no need for doctors, but I, you know, again, we're going to get into that view next week. But <laughs> it means that that you, of course we right go to the doctors, God. right? You're the shliach. You're the right shliach. It, it's such a, um, it's such a... So, so again, so um, and that's how explains the contradictory language. So it, it means that you're right. There's two parts. If you do listen, there's no illness. If you don't listen, then you need God as a doctor. Then you need a doctor. If you don't do it, you will get sick. If you do do it, yes. you will not get such sick. A, it's a, very clear. It's problem. a very uh, sad commentary on uh, the sociology. <clears throat> because in a com- in an Orthodox Jewish community, if God forbid someone gets sick, then based on this, they say clearly you have not been following the mitzvot and the hukim no. and mishpatim. It doesn't say this is the only reason. No, but it, that's sick. one of the reasons. Someone smokes and they lung cancer. And therefore, and God and has smote you, smitten you with one of the diseases that we think Egypt had. And even worse, if you don't get healed from that whatever illness it is from Egypt, then you must not have done appropriate tshuva, tefillah, something yeah, to get 100%. God to cure you. So you're hit twice. You got a problem with that? No, it doesn't say <laughs> It says you yeah. may get it because you didn't walk. It didn't so say number one, So if you did... What's required to be healed. No, but therefore... Yeah, it says. And if you did not argue to me, I will no, get it. So no, so no, it doesn't mean I'm your healer. That, that's something that could be interpreted. But it does say, and if I don't heal you, it means you're really a rotten person. It doesn't say that. It's... You're reading so that. You're reading into it. Get sick, you're not going to tell anybody because then they'll know that you're sick. Exactly. Exactly. So that's from sociology. Until the disease is so advanced. That so so right. Then you suddenly die, you suddenly got sick and died. Yeah. Right. So first of all, uh, so Ron, right. first of all, you're right. That's uh, oh. you're 100 percent right. And that is the Jewish traditional view. Re- I know we've recording that. We've had this beef for going on for a couple of years now. <laughs> the traditional Jewish view is yes, that it's possible that a person gets sick because of a mm-hmm. a, a, a physical illness can be a re- a manifestation of a spiritual um, uh, you know, lacking. Malfeasance. Yes, that is a possibility <laughs> I just in Judaism. Have to run record saying but I hate that. Yes, we know that already. You've okay, been on the record numerous so. times. <laughs> okay, and the Rambam says that very clearly that when one gets ill, the first thing they have to do is look at. At the mezuzahs, yeah. No, not the mezuzahs. He doesn't say that. At he themselves. says, look at themselves and have uh, introspection yeah. as to what the they can fix. Not the yes, yes, not the individual. Now, now we don't say that to answer your question of the, of the, uh, oh, I don't know, whatever you want to call cure. it. The, no, no, I'm saying we uh, of the psychological impact on that of the 
person is we, we're not saying that's the only reason a person can get sick. You this could be a possible reason. Well, this could be a possible reason. Possible reason could be, yes, it's an affliction caused by the spiritual malfeasance, as we said. As the, as the verse is saying very clearly, it's a pretty explicit verse. If you believe God wrote the Torah, then God is saying that very clearly, and there's no two ways about it. Um, so where's um, the alternate explanation in the Torah? God didn't write the Torah. No. <laughs> where's the, no, the alternate explanation for the illness in the Torah? There is no, it. no, what I'm saying is, yeah, there's many reasons a person can get ill. It's the, it could be genetic, uh, um, it could be because they walked in front of a Mack truck, it could be because they smoked two packs a day since they're 14, right? There's a lot of reasons a person can get ill. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not only because of spiritual malfeasance. Uh, the Torah is saying here, what, at least the diseases of Egypt, um, it's applying and saying that could be because of spiritual malfeasance. So meaning, so two things are important to understand in the context, and it's really not today's topic either. So I'm just going to parenthetically say it very quickly, sure. and we'll move on, which is that we have no right to judge a person, because again, there are many reasons a person can get ill. Could be because his great grandfather did something wrong and, and he's suffering. We don't know. Could be he's a reincarnation of of a tale of the Han and that's why he's suffering. We have, we have no idea. Many reasons for pain and suffering, um, but one of them is this is a possibility, and therefore says the Rambam, you need to have introspection when you're ill and try to fix up any past sins one has done. But that doesn't mean that's the only reason. Therefore, it's only about the individual, the community. Meaning, no one could judge that person and say, oh, he's ill, and that's why he's ill. There are many holy, holy people I just who, want to bring up something who observed the whole Torah and still got ill. <coughs> Clearly it's not because they did something wrong. Very real. Less holy, or whatever you want, you want to put. Poor, um, immoral people, immoral, immoral groups, okay? I think they do get more illnesses as a result Actually, of their style of living today, whether it's direct or indirect. How are you defining your your categories? I'm talking about <laughs> poor uh, living, poor uh, adherence to uh, you, you use the word to drugs, drugs in, in our society. Yes, I'm meant to exactly so what you're saying. Drugs in our society, hmm? socioeconomic groups. You're describing people that I would look upon as less desirable to heal. Me personally, uh, no, not heal to to I. It's bordering on racist. <laughs> Absolutely. Sometimes that as well. It might be if you want to. But you said it, not me. It's not bordering. It's not bordering. It's um, and it's not race. It's on. It's on lifestyle. They can be any race you want. But people we understood who that to mean lifestyle. Here's another point. I think all the doctors in the room have had, and the patient that a serial illness you've had, which addresses the causation issue. How many times a patient said to me, "Do you know why I got this?" Right. Why me? Right, sure. They want they want this explanation or some explanation because most of the time you don't really know why you have yeah. the illness, or you may be the cause of the illness, like you're saying you smoke, you drink, bad lifestyle, whatever. Bad lifestyle, sure. And you're either willing to accept it or you're not willing to accept it. Play the role. Okay. This is, this is sort of a very essential question that comes up. Sexual immorality, whatever. drugs, whatever it is. How many times people say, why me? What causes, doctor? Why do I have this? Yeah, yeah, okay, but that's a different issue. That's, that's exactly what it is. Now, it's not all illnesses, of course. Check out. Ron, it's not all illnesses, but if you want to just take a step back, if you want to take a step back and you deny what I've just said, I disagree I, with you. I, I always deny racism, so I, I will deny But I didn't anyway, say race. You said race. Okay, okay, getting to government You said race. That's essentially what public policy is. We're going to I understand. Bad habits. Sure. I have a long list of bad people who live despite Right. So yeah, that's what I wanted totally. to say. The proof that you're wrong, Ron, the proof that meaning the Torah is not saying is, is only, is, is only uh, bad people get ill. It's, I, mean, I don't want to go there, but look at the president. He's 71, a perfect bill of health. He's not the most moral person, <laughs> right? Yeah. President Trump. So, so you see that it's not only you know, bad, it works uh, both ways. Uh, good people die young. Exactly. Bad people live so, long. So it's clearly the Torah is not saying the only if people who if it suffer was, are If it was a hundred percent correlation, there would be no. There would be no. You would assume that if God wrote. I've been fact, the correlation between poor living conditions and and poor. Uh, Morality is uh, actually not that distance. I'm I mean, what a, I'm, I'm saying. Okay, we're not going there. That's a, different, it's a very good. That's a different class. Seriously, socio, the socio-economic level uh, make you worse health-wise. And if you Ron, deny it, agree. if you deny it, 
why yeah, do you think the you do in your medical textbook before <laughs> you start an illness you're going to get a social structure in every disease man, you man, will find it right in here no excuse me so you're going to fit right in here man no problem <laughs> in your medical textbook it'll give you your 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 profile of every patient and every disease and a lot of them are or, or, or lifestyle. You can deny it and you can do this because yes. you're left wing or something, but good luck to you. No, man, but that's not the point. What what term is what kind of lifestyle are you going to have? No, I'm... You know, we okay, always, okay, we'll get we always involve we'll lifestyle when we don't have an explanation. Yeah, right. Or virus. Every virus. medical textbook today <laughs> go, yeah. scientifically I, invokes tangent. lifestyle. It's the crap. essential problem for I, patients and doctors, how come I got it's, it well, the statistics are there. No, well, okay, is, you can say it. Yeah, the statistics are bad. Okay, the statistics fine. are bad. Yeah. Lifestyle is an excuse for we don't really know the answer. Totally. Mm. <laughs> we don't know. See what I have to go through every week? <laughs> <laughs> when I started this class, I had a black tote, not one white hair. <laughs> okay, so... Um, so again, so the good... So Why is it that tomorrow? people on the left always <laughs> laugh when they can't really verbalize an adequate no one on the explanation. There's no one on the left. So there's something on the right. I, I, I haven't yes. defined myself. Okay. Okay. Excuse me, in this room, everybody's to the left of me. <laughs> That's true. I don't yeah, think so. I'm to your right. I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> Bottom line is, so according to what the Gemara is saying, the Pusik is, they're interpreting the Pusik very clearly, that the, according to the simple reading, the, the Gemara is saying that if you follow Torah, you observe the mitzvot, your health is guaranteed, more or less. Okay, that's what, this is what... Stick it at that level. <laughs> okay? I mean, do they acknowledge that most people actually can't do that? Do they acknowledge yes, that? Yes, of course they acknowledge it. Torah says there's no, it says the biggest rabbi, Mother Teresa, has sinned every day. That's there's why no Grivenness is who hasn't, uh, so this hasn't sinned daily. So this there's no is rabbi theory. hasn't sinned daily. This is theory. If you did this... Yeah. yeah okay, I so now been, let's yeah. talk about the rest of us who aren't right. in this category. Yeah, 100%. Listen, there's no so schmaltz, Grivenness, fine. <laughs> oh, that, no, that if you call preventative medicine, then on the contrary, according to his interpretation, and you can't eat gribbonus. There's nothing immoral about re-eating gribbonus, okay? <laughs> there is a totally immoral. <laughs> no, I agree, I agree with many. You know, six months ago it was bad for you. Right, you know, right, 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 right. For sure, for, you. for sure. Yeah. Listen, I can tell you, my father, daily, and he was eighty-two, never a day in the hospital no, in his life. It must be never been sick in his life. Yes, never sick a day in his life. And he smoked, and two packs so, a day off. So your father proves this pasuk. Yes. Amen. Amen. No, that's called an anecdote. My father would have schmaltz having for breakfast every morning for for thirty years. So why aren't you smoking? I was gonna say, why you? What's the matter for you? I don't like. Um, oh, yeah. He was in the hospital once for cataract surgery his whole life. He lived till 82. Never sick. Um, Sorry, just one last question. Do you, uh, just, just on a matter of race, okay? On no, a matter no, no, of no, 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 no. I'm not talking racism. No. Are you yeah, saying no. that there aren't certain diseases that are attributed to certain races? Well, let's not go into that topic today. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So, it's so plain. So that's the Gemara. <laughs> so now let's go back to Rashi. Rashi, as we know, is the basic commentary on the Torah. So we go back to number two here. Um, Rashi discusses the verse, breaks it down for you. So the first part, that's irrelevant, but we'll read it anyway. Um, just to calm everyone down. So it says like this, Im Shema Tishma, right? This is number two on the sheet. I'm going to read the Hebrew and translate. Im Shema Tishma. That's the, the, quoting the, really the verse. If you hearken to hearken, zu Kabbalah, this is the acceptance. The first thing is before you do the mitzvot, you have to accept that this is you're going to do them. Tase, That means the actual performance of the mitzvot. Vazanta. Rashi says, what does that mean? Tate aznaim Incline your ears to be meticulous in fulfilling them. Kol chukav. Rashi says, varim As we explained, that there's different types of mitzvot. So chukim means the non gzerat melech with no rhyme or reason. Below shum tam. The Yitzhahara Mikanta, those are the hardest to do because you always have saying, look, this is ludicrous. I'm sitting in shul, shaking my lulu, I'm looking around, like, why am I doing this? I'm a grown man. Right, so some things don't make irrational sense. Um, those are the hardest mitzvot, he says. Um, 
Lama Nasser, why they prohibited Kigon, and Rashi's examples of Vishat Klaim, wearing shatnas, as we know there's a prohibition to wear wool and linen garments, the Torah says. Makes no sense, a biblical prohibition. Can wear, wear a garment that has a mixture of wool and linen. Achilat Chazir, so here Nate is addressing your point. Eating non-kosher according to the traditional view has nothing to do with health or trichinosis. It's a pure myth that the reform Just, uh, movement is, the reform movement made up. And, the, and Rashi is saying that is an example of a chok, something that's not rational. Like we said, because there are many kosher foods that are very, very unhealthy, <laughs> as grievances. Just like it's not to, prohibited. Yes, I have a lunch group. We go to lunch once a week. Kosher or non kosher? Uh, non kosher, for sure, but almost everybody is Jewish. Okay. And um, one all going to. They asked, why can't you eat pork? And the other, and several guys said, because it's unhealthy for you. It says in the Bible that you'll get trichinosis. <laughs> oh my God! And I'm looking around. These like all college-educated, successful people, and I said, that's ridiculous. Where'd you all get that notion? That's, that's the reform movement's view. Is the reason it's, why kosher is no longer relevant is only because like of the health reasons. Like 25 percent of Jews in this country stopped the Jewish education when they were 12 years old, and that's the level. Yeah. 12 years old ain't bad today. That's not bad. 12 years old is pretty good. But so just exactly they they were saying that they yes yeah, so that's, I, a, no, that's, that's a total myth. They were looking there is listen there right. might be health benefits to well, kosher diet. Yeah, certainly, but, no, that's exactly. that's right. but the funny thing is there are a lot of non-Jews who who a lot a significant number who do eat kosher because they think it's right. well. So that's a myth. That's all right. Yeah. That's how rabbis make their money. Mm. The world thinks uh, <laughs> kosher is healthy, so every company wants to go kosher. But it's a total myth. I, I, I try to be honest when I go to. A, I go to a plant or something, I tell them it's a myth. We don't, they think we bless the few food, we don't See, do it. And the problem with, with the big problem with that uh, concept is that they say, but now, today, with the cooking and the treatment, there's no more trichomonas, exactly. so you, you can't eat right. kosher. That's their form of it. That's yeah, all their form So, so again, some, yeah, let me just finish yes. the Paraduma. Another example would be the red heifer, which is the way the Torah says if someone came in contact with a dead person, they have to purify themselves before entering the temple, etc. Okay. So that's a chok, pure, no rhyme or reason, doesn't make any rational sense. Yeah. The fact that Rashi states it so clearly, does that imply... States that what so, so clear? Huh? States what so clear? That, uh, you, that eating pork is just prohibited. It's a chokin, we don't have any idea. It's a chok, we don't have any idea. It implies that even back in his day, people thought you might not be able to eat pork for health reasons. No, listen, the Rambam no. does imply in one in the Mar Nebuchadnezzar, the guy to perplex that there is health benefits to kosher. There is certain aspects of that, but, but it's okay. uh, controversial. I mean, it's usually you, you state things for a reason. But, uh, no, we, we like to view if there are any benefits, if there are benefits to keeping the Torah, they're sort of extra credit, meaning that's not the, we can't, we don't know why God commanded something. There might, there might be an added health benefit, let's say, by keeping kosher, because you're not eating not Big Macs, you're not eating cheeseburgers three ti six times a day and as, as the yeah. president. So, Friend said, My neighbors eat pork, why can't I eat pork? Right. So, uh, uh, There's many other examples of non rational mitzvot, as Ron would attest. Yes. So, so, but we, we, we don't hear, at least the Torah saying, don't differentiate between the non rational mitzvot and the rational ones. Both, there's no rational rhyme or reason in the Torah. As we know, God commanded it, we have to do it. It doesn't have to make sense. Sure, please. Yeah. Oh, no, because those he's saying the the mitzvot that Yetzirah means the they try you know your Yetzirah your evil inclination is trying to convince you to do the the avera mm -hmm. not to do the mitzvah. So he says the ones that are rational don't murder. So it's much harder to convince you to do that. It makes sense. I'm part of society. The ones that have no don't make any sense. Those are the ones that it's easiest to convince right. Yetzirah can convince you to do it. That's what he's, that's what Rashi's pointing at. Because, you know, a, a rational thinking, especially today, we like to think we're enlightened, we're in a rational society. I only do things, you know, as a rabbi, people tell me all the time, I only do mitzvot that I understand and make sense. I'm not going to put feeling, that makes no, oh, put a black box on my head, that makes sense. Okay, listen, I'm not going to, um, you know, marry, I'm not going to commit adultery. That makes a little sense, some men. <coughs> but, uh, but, so that's things that make sense. It's much harder for the Yetzirah to convince, to convince you to, to, to violate it. Okay, so so that is. Yitzhak Haran never wants to be unemployed. Yeah. <coughs> okay, so now the the key Rashi, which we're getting to, is the last Rashi. So Rashi now explains the last part, which Hashem says, "I will not place these machalot upon you." So Rashi says, "Vim um, So he's clearly also bothered by this contradiction in in the verse itself. 
So again, we're in number two, so the, the third paragraph in number two. Lo asim alecha, Rashi says, V'im asim, and if I do place them upon you, harei hi kilohu sama. It's as if I did not, if I did not place them. Why? Keni Hashem rafecha. Because I am God, your healer. Which is a very vague statement. And Rashi says, Zeu madrasho. That's the madrash interpretation. Um, I couldn't find this madrash. It doesn't exist. At least I couldn't find it in my madrashim. Uh, so that, we're not sure what that means yet. Let's continue in Rashi. Rashi then goes on to say, Ufi pshuto, a simple interpretation of the verses, Ki ani Hashem rofecha umulamdecha Torah mitzvot, to teach you Torah mitzvot, leman tinatzel mehem, in order you shall be saved from these illnesses. So Rashi seems to be interpreting like you, preventative. Ki rofe, so what is, so what is a doctor? So again, if I'm not going to place them on you, so why am I a doctor? Where's God being playing doctor? Don't eat this. Don't eat grievous because you might get cholesterol. You might get heart disease. Okay? So he says, Hashem is, is talking like a doctor. A doctor tells you, don't do X because if you do X, the consequences of X are Y. So, so he's saying, Hashem is saying, just like a doctor tells you, don't do X if you do, because if you do do X, you can get this disease. Hashem is also telling you, don't do it, meaning keep this lifestyle, keep this healthy lifestyle of Torah Mitzvot, in order that you shouldn't get sick. As a doctor is, is speaks to you. I'm shaking your head. You just said what I said. Okay, yes. I didn't, didn't shut you said. down. Rashi said. Well, no, he's not saying, uh, he's <laughs> not talking about, he's, he's talking about just the Jewish race. He's yeah, addressing other uh, races. So far. Yeah, well, yeah, but we're talking about uh, the, uh, the, the Jewish way, you're talking about mitzvot. Not, uh, yes, you're talking about eating, but that's... How eating? Not, that's not saying eating. You, you mentioned in that in the culture yeah, as well. No, no. But that's, that, that doesn't... Uh, I mean, there's no proof that eating kosher uh, is healthy. No, no, he's not talking about eating specifically. I, I just You're talking about misfortune, lifestyle. lifestyle. Don't Shem kill say, people, keep, don't rob, don't go Keep this lifestyle, and then that will prevent <coughs> it. Just like a doctor says, don't eat this. Or don't have sexual immorality. Don't, uh, yeah, don't many, lie to everything. people. There's 613 it's likely to get clonked on the head by somebody else. There's 613 mitzvot. He's saying, there you, go. you do keep this lifestyle of 613 mitzvot, then you won't have any, any illness issues. Um, but he, he's, he's saying the example of the Egyptians got. Uh, no, he's not. Rashi doesn't seem to say that. Rashi seems to be a general well, statement. We'll well, get the, to that. The, the argument was raised over here a little earlier that the Egyptians were, were horrible, uh, horribly living people. Okay, that they were uh, mean and uh, um, they didn't uh, obey the commandments, which is. Uh, probably very true and it's probably one of the reasons that we were taken down into Egypt to learn and see firsthand what we shouldn't do. So that when you came out you'll find that the the, the, the mitzvot are contradicting a lot of the behaviors. Also I want to find out what illness so, so the, the mitzvot the contradict a lot of the behaviors the that are in, in Egypt. So the Torah Tamima does mm. say Charlie's point which he's been harking on. He says the, the, it's making more and more sense. I didn't have time to translate it. He says like this um, I think it's Printed wrong here, something's wrong. Oh, Nira, no, sorry. So starting from the right side, number four. Torah to me is a commentary. Uh, he's not a commentary, he's basically, he on every Pasuk in the Torah, he puts the Talmud, he wrote a book where he puts the piece of Talmud that discusses if there is some Talmud discussing that verse, and then he explains how the Talmud derived it from the verse. So he says here, Nira, on this verse, what the, what the Talmud, based on the Talmud we just read, Nira Habone Mishum. I don't know what the word actually uh, means. Havana, I'm not sure what the word he's saying is. Mishum de Machlat Mitzrayim, Hota below Rifua. So he's saying, why is he mentioning specifically the Egyptian plagues, Egyptian illnesses? Because because the Gemara says somewhere else in Parshas, based on a verse in a different Parsha, that none, none of the Egyptian, whatever they got, was incurable. Okay? They're all incurable um, diseases, whatever diseases they got. Mishchin Mitzrayim mentions it uh, by the boils. It, they, they tried, obviously when they got the boils, they tried bringing in doctors, the Egyptian doctors. Nothing helped. So they were incurable diseases. So, so he's explaining that the Torah is telling you, any incurable disease, that's not possible to cure, um, those are the ones they won't place on you. So meaning, um, the way I understand what he's saying is, 
again, the Egyptian diseases were incurable. God's saying, no diseases um, that I'll place upon you will be incurable. Because I have the cure for everything. We might not know the cure for cancer, but Hashem has the cure. Okay? So that's that is a little problematic because <laughs> since everybody dies, they sooner or later get an incurable disease. Yeah, okay. We're not saying no one's going to die. He doesn't say that. He's talking about no, no, living with illness. Yeah, no, no, I'm saying we're not saying no one's, we're not saying everyone gets we're an not incurable disease. disputing the fact mm -hmm. that everyone's going to die. Um, but we're talking about, again, an illness. Uh, most many people just die without, you know, a heart attack. It's not a disease. <laughs> That's pretty much yeah. a disease. Yeah. <laughs> their heart stops beating. They're 90 or 110 years old. I'm not sure I would call that they died of a disease. That's called what we call, in, in the, even, lay, even, the lay even. people call it natural cause. I don't know what natural the medical term. Uh, what is a disease? You mean a natural cause thing? No, I'm saying is they're not, what he's saying is you're not going to get an illness where you're going to be stuck, where the, your doctor says nothing I can do for you. That's what he's saying. That's what, he, that's what he's interpreting. That's why he specifically mentioned Egypt. Not that you're only not going to get the diseases that they put in Egypt. He's, it's a euphemism for incurable. Egyptian diseases are a euphemism for incurable diseases. Like? I'm not a doctor. I can't tell you what's incurable. Well, just to let you know, in medicine, yeah. the idea of what actually is a disease, these are serious, serious issues that have been discussed for millennia. What is a disease? The nature of disease, the cause of disease, everything we're talking about today, this has been discussed for millennia. And there's no clear This is the millennium. This is before millennia. Yeah, right, I understand. Yeah. So it's getting to the very heart of what yes, medicine 100%, is. Yes, 100%. Okay, so no, I found another you, Are you talking about as opposed to like trauma or something like that? Yes. Yeah, trauma yeah. is not a disease. We're not talking about it. What is a disease? An infection, inflammatory, traumatic, what causes it? traumatic, inflammatory, neoplastic, metabolic, whatever. But what is suffering? These are all essential. Yeah, 100%. That's why I started the class yeah. by saying that you weren't here. Mental. That, that every basic principle in, Jew in Jewish medical ethics is included in this verse, is, is addressed there. Not the answers, but at least the questions. They never have the answer. That's the problem. <laughs> okay, so I saw a very fascinating thing from the Vilna Gaon. The Vilna Gaon and the Haggadah, he has a, uh, he has a, if you remember, usually by that point, everyone either skips that part or they're asleep. But towards the end, right before Shulchan right before the Makot, all the way at the end of the, before the meal, the part that everyone is dying to eat already. Um, so... It discusses their Eser Makot Aliyam, 200 Makot, there was 50 in Egypt, 200 on the sea, and there's six oh, different opinions. It's a finger and uh, Yeah, six and different opinions of how yeah. many they had, and 300, this one says 300, there's like a whole massive discussion there. Yeah. Everyone skips that part and is one, very hungry at that point, so no one ever, your kid never has explanations from school on that, no one ever, you know, has anything to say about that. But the Vilna Gaon got there, it seems, got to that part of his Seder, and he explains it. He, he says, what? who cares? Like, who cares how many Makos? 50 years, 200 years? So he says, he explains, the reason why we care is because of this verse. He says, because Hashem told us, anything the Egyptians got, we won't get. Jew, Jewish people will never put upon it. So it's very important to know, is it 250 diseases is this, or is it only 50? How many diseases are we talking about? Um, yeah, so that's why those opinions are very important. To, to the, it has practical ramification. It's not just a nice discussion to put you to sleep during the Seder. So that's what he says. Um, he says it's relevant since the verse states all the plagues of Egypt will not be upon you. So that's a nice other reason why it's specifically mentioning the Egyptian plague. I have something to say. You say it. Yeah, yeah. No, Ron said. Yeah, yeah. I didn't say that. I Ron said it. Doesn't say makot. <coughs> but uh, again, we're equated the makot, and Ill many of them were illness related. I would see. Okay, so now um, moving right on. Um, so there's a few other things here. So first of all. Um, before, so we're going to go... The bottom um, one's the best, yeah, Because you didn't read them. It's number six. Saying the same thing much longer, but we'll... we'll so we're going we're gonna to read... Uh, let's, let's actually go skip down to seven, which is Shamshan Rafal Hirsch, who was... A, he has a commentary in the Torah, known as the Hirsch Chumash. Great, I recommend it. It was written in German originally. He was a leader of German Jewry um, up until 1920 or something. Um, he, or earlier actually died, I don't know, early 1900s. So he has a commentary on the Torah, Torah excuse me, that he wrote in German, it was translated into English, 
I recommend it highly. So he, on this verse, he says two things. He says, first of all, machala denotes not only bodily illness, but any disturbance of or hindrance of well-being, including emotional well-being. And he brings proof from that from other verses in Tanakh, that the word machala is not only about physical well-being, as we know, we discussed that many times, that in Jewish medical ethics, emotional health is tantamount to physical health. They're both um, considered equal, as for example, as far as violating Shabbat, if someone is is having an emotional breakdown, you could also violate Shabbat. It's not only for physical um, health that you can violate Shabbat. Okay, so we, we view physical and emotional illness as tantamount. Um, Machla is used in connection with general existence. And he, this is, he's very into grammar. He, he likes talking about the epitomology, epitomology of the words. Um, but the second paragraph, he says a fascinating thing. He says, God says, observance of my commandments will shield you from suffering that otherwise I would have to inflict on you to educate you as I had to inflict on the Egyptians. So again, why is he bringing the Egyptians? He's saying, the Egyptians, because, as you mentioned, they were immoral people and they weren't doing the right thing. They weren't I adhering to agree. Hashem. Okay. Um, they, God told them to do X. Moshe told Paro many times. They didn't listen. So Hashem inflicted them. So what Hashem is saying, I don't want to do that to you. You as a Jewish people, I don't want to inflict you. God does not grant His blessing to people or countries or socioeconomic statuses that do not observe His um, without this observance they are doomed to go to ruin observance of God's commandments is thus the prophylactic against all physical and social ills okay so he's saying this is what the Torah is telling you Hashem is telling you here you want to God again created the world and therefore he wrote the instruction manual if you want to have what the, the ideal world is supposed to be uh, the utopian society is the Torah Okay, God invented it. He knows what's the best for society. So that's what he's saying here. And in that ideal society, obviously, there won't be social ills, there won't be, and there shouldn't be physical illness either. But you have to follow the instruction manual as everything else. That you, that, uh, so now we've got to get every the manufacturer. And be a hundred percent shomer and halachic uh, well, to put it to the test. That's <laughs> not clear. The implication of this statement is geopolitical as well. If nations, at what point is a nation no longer observing his uh, mishpatim and mitzvot chukim. It says nations that don't observe them. Well, I would guess 1934 Germany. Exactly. <laughs> nations. At what point does a nation cross that line where God's blessings are withdrawn from them? You know, it's an issue in America today. I mean, evangelicals say we're, you know, we're on the brink right now, but at and what the point... the Democrats will say well, uh, immigration say is also... Is the opposite. Uh-huh. So at what point does God withdraw his uh, blessings from a country? I mean... Uh, it's kind of an important point. It sounds like a political state, doesn't it? Okay, so so we want to finish off. We only have a few more minutes. So let's go back to number six, which is a, another interpretation from the Malbum. Malbum um, was another another commentary on the Torah. He says like this. I try to find as many commentaries as possible, and I, at least the ones I can fit on the sheet. Once I've filled up the sheet, I stopped looking. There are many more commentaries, I'm sure. He says like this. I uh, didn't have time to translate it. I apologize. Um, he says like this. The right column, number six. He says, Says the Malbum. By the way, is an acronym for his name. Mayor Leibush Ben Yechiel Mayor. Okay, so that's known as the Malbum. The, the illnesses they have placed in Egypt were not natural illnesses. Right, if you look at, as, as we said before, uh, most of the illnesses, most of the, the plagues couldn't be explained scientifically. They weren't the normal things that were happening in regular society. I know you might have disagreement on that in your book. No, 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 no. Of course, people have, uh, there, there are lots of books written about Explaining natural phenomena with yes. volcanoes and things like yes. that. Now he's equating Machalot with Makot. No, yeah, well, again, I think that's... Uh, is, uh, but but again, we're talking about the illness, but not the dam, the water, or the grasshoppers, or not. You know, oh, when you look at it illness. as as uh, not individuals, and you look at it at the end over here as countries, um, a lot of people say that the, uh, including by the way, Hitler said this, that uh, which you probably know, that uh, the, the 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 one truth that there is a God is that the Jews have continued to exist while all the other nations have demised. That wouldn't fit with us because we didn't keep a star, so... Then well, we uh, there were some. I mean, there's yeah. always been some, yeah. yeah. He didn't okay. say we were in good shape, he just said we 
Okay. Um, okay, so now, so he says like this, let me, I just want to get through it because we only have a few more minutes and I won't have to do this again next week. Um, it was not a natural uh, it was because of their emotional or you want you would translate it as their moral depravity that's why it came with them through their illnesses because of their actions their immoral disgusting actions um, Therefore, God smote them. As the Torah says, out of the normal natural way, of the natural way. And therefore, there was also, as we mentioned, no cure for those illnesses. When you don't have a natural illness, there is no cure. Because most natural illnesses have a cure. So he goes on to say, if you hearken to the Voice of Hashem, the mitzvotav, the chukah, shodielahem, the the commandments that he and the statutes that he lets you know about in the Torah. Shua eats shahuro Hashem. So he also connects to the past verse, as we mentioned. The previous story. This is coming on the tail end of the story of the bitter waters. So what happened? The waters were were not potable, right? They were undrinkable in the desert. <coughs> and it says Hashem told Moshe, take a stick, throw it into the waters, and the waters became sweet, which is also a non-natural occurrence. So he's saying just as God showed you here that He can do things out of the, out of nature. He can sweeten the bitter waters. But the illnesses, your emotional um, illnesses, and therefore the the message was that's what God is finishing that story by saying, I can do, I can heal things even non natural illnesses. Until now, it says the Jews were entrenched, just like as we are throughout our history. When we're in another culture, we get entrenched in that culture. We, we become part of the culture we live in. So in Egypt, it says the Jews were at the lowest level of morality. It says if they would have stayed there for one more second, they would have never been redeemable. They, were, they, they, they enjoyed the Egyptian immoral, immoral culture. They also were having a good time. So that would go along with Samson Raphael Hirsch, who says at some point you sink so low... Right, so that's what, and the, and the Medrash, everyone talks about that, 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 that's what they had to get out of me, that's what the rush that's to get the, out. That's why the majority stayed, though, in Egypt. Exactly. A lot of them, because they enjoyed the culture, just like it says when Mashiach comes, you know, so a lot of people. because they were so low, they wanted to get lower. Yeah, they enjoyed Perfect. the culture. Well, sure. Just like we enjoy our culture in most of our hardest countries, right? So, so it says that's why only a, only a fifth came out. Right. Only a fifth of the Jewish nation left because the other one said, we, we, we love it here. Right. Not, we like Babylonia, it. same thing. Same thing, exactly. So that was depravity was in Babylonia. True. We, most cu- most foreign I, I, cultures I, have a certain I, I level of right. 100%. <laughs> but I have a question. You keep using the word uh, illnesses that are um, unnatural. Natural and unnatural, and it that's seems to me yeah. that it's a historical anachronism. Yeah. That basically they called certain illnesses that they didn't understand unnatural, Possibly. and the ones that they happened to understand natural. It Possibly seems just no. A See, he's definition. saying he's not saying he's not defining the ill. He's just saying it's clear the Egyptian illnesses were unnatural in the sense of they, they were miraculous. We know that. That's just Hashem, we don't understand it. Oh, no, Hashem like, gave them plagues. So I, I clearly under, wasn't the normal form of I understand we have labels disease. called plagues now. Yeah, I get it. Uh, not now. The Torah, 4,000 years ago, labeled it. You're right. I, I understand. So, so the point is that they clearly were not natural, um, unless you scientifically explain everything that happened, which some people do. And if you read Lanny's book, you'll find that out. No. But, uh, huh, you don't mention that? I haven't read your book. Uh, I said other people have written about it. <laughs> okay, so uh, the point is, that let's finish this off. The, the, you're right. Were they mislabeled? That I can't tell you. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what was going on at the time. But the Torah clearly calls them miraculous. Was it from the hand of God? They stopped as soon as Moshe went out and prayed. Then they stopped. So clearly, we're dealing with above the realm of nature, and at least in the Torah's narration of the story. Might be other narrations that you find on the internet. That's fine. But in the Torah's narration, it clearly was miraculous. So, so he says that was above nature. Um, there was no natural remedies for those for those machalot. So he goes on to explain again healing which is beyond nature. Just like in this scenario, the water was cured through throwing a piece of wood in the water, which makes no rash. It's not natural that the wood will sweeten the water. 
Midvei Mitzrayim Eilam Refua Kemoshe Kasev the 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 plagues of Egypt the illnesses of Egypt did not have any Refua. Avu Israel he says but with the Jewish nation Hakadosh Baruch Hu Makdim Tamid Refua Lamak God always prepares the antidote before the before the poison. He says that's the interpretation of these words. I am God, your healer. Prior to the illness, I will always have the antidote ready. He goes on to say, I'm not sure So it's very important thing. He's saying philosophically how the Jewish view of reward and punishment or of illness, of pain and suffering, he's addressing here to a certain extent. He's saying normally, he's saying it's very clear, in Egypt, it was punitive. The illnesses, the makot, were punitive. That means God said, you didn't do this, I'm going to punish you. If you don't do this by tomorrow, you don't let the people go, I'm going to give you this makah. Okay, so it was a punitive measure. Aval, kishimakat Israel, he says, when God um, um, uh, provides an illness, the Jewish people, ena makah leman hakot. It's not for the purpose of punitive measures. God is coming to heal their spiritual malices. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's, it's analogous to a doctor who in those days, his days, 1800s, who was coming to let blood. First he prepares all the medicines, and all the, the antidotes, to stop the dam. Because if you just blood let, it's going to you have to have uh, things to stop the stop the bleeding. Four. So he prepares all his his tools and his his, his ointments, whatever it is. Okay, and then he goes on to explain. Just so you know, MIT published an article uh, four years ago. <coughs> to clean drinking water, all you need is a stick. So just to let you know that there is Beautiful. easy science behind it. <laughs> just Beautiful. to let you know that. Okay. Send me the link. Send me the link. Sure. I'm going to try that at home. Mosaic Institute. It's cool. No, it's cool. You just peel the bark off of a stick and it uses the xylem as the uh, the filtration system. Mm-hmm. Then it's cool. it might be something. So you don't throw it in. You have to pour the water through it. I didn't get into the details. Did Moses peel a stick? <laughs> I think he could peel sticks back in those days. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's finish this last point, the beautiful point here. It says, says, Again, this will be a cure. He will be a cure. Hashem will be a cure for your spiritual malices. So again, he's not viewing it as physical per se. The goal is spiritual malices. Torah, the mitzvot that God commanded. This is a very important point. He's saying that when a when a boss screams at his employee or punishes his employee for coming late or didn't do the job right, or uh, he's talking about a slave and his master, so he wants something done for himself, the master, and he says you didn't do it, so I'm going to punish you. That's punitive, right? He says he says, but a doctor is different. When a doctor tells his patient you need to do X, the doctor it's not about the doctor. You're not doing it for the doctor. Your doctor saying if you do X. You're gonna die if you smoke two packs a day. If you don't stop smoking, you're gonna die. That's not about the doctor. The doctor is not commanding it because he wants something, and he's not punishing the person. If the person gets lung cancer, the doctor didn't punish him. He's saying it's just a cause and effect. So he's saying this. Hashem is saying illness is the same thing. It's it's not punitive. It's a cause and effect. Hashem is saying It's like the doctor who commands his patient. Ritzoni, Ritzoni the, the will of the master who commands his servant, that's for his sake. I want you to, to mow the lawn. You didn't mow the lawn, <coughs> that's it, no, no dinner tonight. If he, if he violates his command, so he punishes him. The punishment is not, nothing to do with, with the violation. Seems like, like it is. No, I'm saying, he's saying in, by a master. No, it's, I, you didn't do the job, so therefore you lost your vacation day. Yeah, but you're the one that's Wait. making the rules as well. And you're no, the no, punishment. but he's saying is, of course, the doctor's also making the rules. No, the doctor's not making yes, any is. of the rules he of the illness. No, in sense, for God, yes. You have to thank God when you get sick, because he's right. letting you know that you... The education is spiritual, yeah, exactly. Moral, and you need to look at exactly. yourself. Exactly, so he says, you still listening to what he says. Right. Right. 
the punishment is dependent on the, on the master. And on his level of anger, because this servant didn't do it properly, didn't do the job. But a doctor who tells his patient to do something, his commandments, that's for his needs. I'm telling you what to do for your needs, not for my needs. I couldn't care less. You want to smoke? Go ahead and smoke four packs a day. And if you violate the doctor's commands, it's a, it's a, an effect of the fact that you didn't listen to the doctor. It's not. It's a cause and effect. It's not that the doctor's punishing you if you get lung cancer. You didn't listen to him. So to the commandments of Hashem. It's not for God's sake. God couldn't care less. It's for our, our sake. To, to prevent our spiritual illnesses. It's a cause and effect. That's what he says. It says if you hearken to the words of Hashem. Okay, and one last thing. Um, so he's saying very clearly it's a, the whole thing is spiritual. We're not even necessarily um, addressing physical illness. There's a cause and effect. God, Torah is a science. This is the way the traditional view is. Torah is a science. Torah says, this is the instruction manual, just like if you buy a computer, Microsoft tells you exactly what you got to do to make sure that it's running smoothly. So God created the world. The Torah is the instruction manual. If you don't keep the instructions, you're going to have malfunctions in, your, in the system. Same exact thing. Um, so just one last thing, and then we'll stop. So we can move on next week. Um, this is another number, number eight. It's a little paragraph in English, so um, let's skip the top part. He just discussed the epitome of the word. Interesting thing. He says the word machala has is the same letters as the word lechem and melach, which the Gemara discusses. Um, those are things that uh, bread and salt and water can cure many diseases. The Gemara says in a different place, but that I'm not going to go there. Too controversial. Um, but the second, the second paragraph is very important. He says rofecha, very interesting thing. He says if you look here, as we know, the other place where the Torah uses the word rofe is rapo yirape. So in, in Hebrew, as we know, there's a pay and a fe. Pe means with a dot in the middle. It's pronounced pe. And without a dot in the middle, it's called a fe. So he says here, the language is rofecha. It's what we call, the pe in this word is soft. Um, pe without a dot. Indicating healing, which comes from heaven, is gentle. But he says healing affected. When you look at the other places, the Torah used the word rape or apoyirape, which is referring to doctors. That's not so, that's with a, a dot in the middle. He says that's a harsh... A, a pay with a harsh pay. So the term rapoy rape should provide for, speaks of a human doctor, the pay is, of each word is uh, with a dot in the middle. Show you the difference between God's healing and doctor's healing. Doctor, you always got to pay for it. I think God's healing is fat. So is fat? Yes, in this issue, the problem for a patient is if you get an illness, are you getting it? Teach you something by the way you hate, or have you gone into a, a rap, a rap, saying you're now beyond the pale, God has withdrawn his blessings, and now it is punishment. How does the patient? You have been listening to the MP3 project from the Jewish Ethics Institute. For a complete selection of our lectures, please visit our website at j-ethics.org Shalom Shalom